The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, available on all platforms and YouTube, he's the Apex Podcaster. He's the wise owl of professional wrestling. He smells better than dude love with Sex Panther on. He's the king of fantasy booking. He is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. He is Omega Luke, and you're listening to the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. I am being joined today by two very wonderful people. A first timer on the show, Mr. Warren Hayes. How are you doing, Warren? Omega Luke, it is a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you very, very much for the invitation. I'm, I, you know, I got to tell you, I've, I was kind of looking forward to this for for a while. I was like, is he is he going to call today? Is he gonna, <laughs> is he going to write? It was, I was only really a excited. Of time. It was only exactly a of time. I feel like the bell at the ball right now. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. And my other guest, JPQ, is returning once again. My biggest downloaded episode was with you, Mr. JPQ. So that is something um, to to write home about, definitely. That was a very good episode. Very proud of that episode where we did the uh, ups and downs of 2018. How are you doing today, sir? Man, I am doing well. I appreciate you calling me back. And yeah, the last time we got together, man, we were vibing pretty good there. So I'm glad people responded. Definitely. We had some great feedback. Um, Today we're doing another discussion um, chat. And I do like my discussions. I come up with these crazy ideas of of different things I'd love to talk to, to people about. And I thought these two people would be perfect. You guys have very good opinions on wrestling, very good opinions on especially WWE. Um, So... This is a, it's, it's a very like casual chat. It's not going to be a case of we're going to be at each other's throats and arguing. Well, I hope not anyway. Um, but we're going to run off a few pros and cons of it um, and talk about what we really feel about the subject and then sort of come to a verdict, each of us. I've done a, I've done a couple of discussions before um, and I feel like I didn't really give a verdict at the end. So this time, I want to, from each of us, once we've gone over our pros and cons and discussed it um, as much as we possibly can, I'm going to give a bit of a verdict. And today's topic is whether or not WWE would benefit from giving seasoned, well, seasoned to wrestlers. So giving wrestlers a bit of time off, a couple of months, maybe three months a year, um, and, and sort of bring in the rest of the guys to fill the rest of the roster and that's what that's what we're going to go over today so um as soon as i said that both guys here uh, were very excited so um yeah let's get this thing underway so Juan, what are your first thoughts on this as an overall subject what do you first feel um, about the season thing because i know you were, you said you had very strong opinions on it yes i do uh, and i think 
I I know that uh, everyone would benefit from having some uh, having the the ladies and men of WWE taking a break once in a while, uh, and it's you know I you know I I won't um, uh, I won't shoot my shot just yet with all the arguments, but overall I'm um, I it would it, it's obviously good for the wrestlers. It's good for their physical health. It would be good for their mental health, but it would be also good for the staff, everyone working in WWE. But on top of that, it would even be good. I would go as far as to argument that it would be good enough for, it would be good for us, the fans as well. Yes. If some people would just go off camera for a, a short while and then come back. But I mean, overarching uh, opinion, there you have it. That's my umbrella opinion on the subject yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. JPQ, what about yourself? Are you are you at the minute as we talk about this right now? Are you for or against this idea? I'm totally for this idea. I think that it's long overdue. It's something that they should have been doing for the last ten years, especially. I mean, again, these kids have been doing, you know, for the lifetime of WWE with their work schedule and the house shows that they run and the, how long they keep their performers on the road. You know, it only makes. I mean, even the writers get to go back to Connecticut midweek. Yeah, get to hang out there. So. I agree wholeheartedly with uh, with Mr. Warren Hayes here. Three tiers. It's better for the fans. It's better for the talent. It's better for the staff. And again, I'll kind of save my ideas as well. But uh, we're on the same page. Yeah, I mean, when I first like sort of thought of this idea, I think I'd seen a Twitter post about it and how what made me want to discuss this idea was the feeling of missing people. So when we've had when we haven't seen for instance, Kevin Owens, for quite a long time. I miss Kevin Owens. I want to see Kevin Owens. But when we had Kevin Owens going through to Christmas, um, coming up to Christmas, I think everyone took him a bit for granted. He was, wasn't was getting used best. Um, he wasn't in the, the, the main event, should we say. You know, we, we just see him getting jobbed out quite a lot to Braun Strowman and that sort of to get Braun Strowman over. Um, and now it's got to a point where I really do miss Kevin Owens. And this was sort of like the trigger point for me wanting to discuss this. And, and um, I'm glad you two are sort of on this side as well. I'm going to try and um, make this uh, as even play as possible because I have my sort of feelings on it, which I'll reveal at the end. Um, but <gasps> I think what we're going to do, let's, let's, let's go by pros, then cons, and try and do it that way. So I'm going to start off with one that you mentioned there, Warren. Um, time off for rest, to, for healing, not only physical but mental health. Like we said, 52 weeks a year WWE runs. We're not talking any other company where, you know, progress, they do two shows a month. New Japan even have some sort of um, time off. We're talking 52 years, uh, 52 weeks a year, and we're talking not only Raw and SmackDown and some pay-per-views once, once a month and, and special shows, but house shows as well. These guys are really only getting one day off a week, I think. I remember was the last time I heard Alexa Bliss talk about it or Seth Rollins talk about it in these documentaries that they do. So, time off for rest. How do you feel this is a huge benefit? Well, let's start with you, JPQ. Uh, well... So from a time off perspective, I mean, it, it, I, I can't say how it would hurt, right? From a pro, just the the rest and the body being able to, uh, you know, to be able to just calm itself from from the physical activity and the physical demand they put on themselves. I think that's just a win. I think that's just a common sense uh, way of looking at it. Um, more importantly, it gives them time to kind of 
reshape and think about their characters and 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 where they want to take things short term, long term, right? Yeah, like that. That's another pro. So, you know, it, if somebody's working six out of seven days or five out of seven days, and then you know going out there and either working on a match or working on a layout or layout for for um, something to something that's coming up in the future, you know, yeah, they're they're applying what they're learning and, and they're working towards the best match. But the the idea to be able to take a step back, sit down, and reevaluate. You know where your character is going, and really thinking about the mental side of of how I get to where I need to get to in in this storyline, I think is is paramount to the success of both um, you know the the story being told and and the character development overall. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Warren? Um, absolutely, I'm I'm in absolute agreement. And you know the thing that we don't have a tendency to to think about really. You know, we uh, seeing that television is so important for WWE, we we often forget about the very hectic live schedule that they have, yeah. uh, and and the time off is so important to to the uh, just the the well being of these wrestlers. I remember Lance Storm; uh, he was on Observer Radio, I think it was earlier, uh, like last fall, and he was talking about when he when he worked in Japan. Uh, when he worked for war for about two years and he what he liked about the Japanese mentality behind this is that you you, you know you you'd have a strip of shows then it's the same thing with New Japan right you get a strip of shows right now a couple of weeks then you get a couple of weeks off to do nothing but physical therapy hit the gym uh, go to rehab and you can rest your body repair what needs to be repaired because you always hear, in WWE, oh, so and so has a nagging injury, you know. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yes. Well, Jesus Christ, a nagging injury usually can be just fixed by going to get, getting some physical, uh, some physical therapy, and just get it healed up instead of waiting till you till you need it, surgery. And that's the main problem. And and it's crazy the schedules that these guys and girls go through. Um, I was, you know, in preparation. I was looking up some 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 statistics, and the Observer had pulled pulled up. Uh, this is why I like the Observer, by the way, right? I mean, you know, for this for the historical statistical stuff. I mean, it's it's second to none. It's unprecedented. In 2017, all right, their top stars uh, stars, right? Jinder Mahal worked 185 matches. Baron Corbin singles matches, okay? Yeah. 185 singles matches. Baron Corbin, 181. AJ Styles, 179. He's your main guy. And you have him working 179 matches. 178 for Sami Zayn. Charlotte Flair, 173. Uh, Shinsuke, 170. Okay, so on and so forth. Now, here's what's interesting, all right? Out of, is that eight out of the 11 superstars that I just talk about, talked about, they spent the majority of 2017 on SmackDown, all right? Um, and... To, to put that in perspective, some of the top guys in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, Omega, they worked, okay, like Naito worked 155 matches, including tags, yeah. 141 for Okada, 132 for Tanahashi. Omega worked less than 100 matches. We're still talking about 2017 here. The styles AJ Styles worked 139 singles matches in 2017 and 18 between Okada and Naito. Yeah, that's bananas. And then you wonder, oh well, that, then they need they're hurt, they're working injured. It's it, it just doesn't make sense in a purely 
physical aspect. It just doesn't make sense. No, and <clears throat> I'm glad you mentioned AJ Styles there because I don't know if you guys have seen the AJ Styles 365 on the network. And a big thing which popped up on that, which made me think, yeah, what what is going on here? Which, you know, reasons to my um, thing for talking about this today was after the match he had, he then talks about the pain he's in. And then he goes, you know, I've got to get up tomorrow. I've got to go to the gym and I've got to do all of this again. I think, but why? Why are they putting their bodies through this pain? And the schedule now is the most it's ever been. And we we look at the the lifetime expectancy of, of wrestlers. It's not very high, but I know a lot of that's to do with the, the lifestyle that they, they chose to do and, and you know, the, the stuff that they chucked into their bodies back in the day. But we are now getting to the point where the people who started to work the most days of the year, um, like we're getting now, are going to get to the age where this average age of, of when wrestlers, you know, sadly pass away. And it's going to have a huge effect, I think. And we talk about like the, the niggling injuries and stuff like that. I play football once a week. Yeah, soccer, you mean? Soccer, right? Real football. <laughs> I use my foot with the ball i don't catch it i don't throw it so i i play once a week and i fell on my shoulder before christmas i'm still suffering from that injury and it's a niggling injury and that's been like six weeks i haven't played in four weeks and i still am suffering from that niggling injury and i'm not chucking my body on on a canvas or, or expecting to do all this high high flying high risk maneuvers and these guys are under so much pressure to perform as well. Uh, you said that mental health, resting the mental mind and, and, and just relaxing and just taking some time off so you're not under pressure all this time is one thing which I think is so uh, underlooked with this, um, definitely. But we all take holidays in, in our day jobs and when we're in that time, you can relax and take time off. You forget about work life. You you focus on your family. You do all the things you want to do. You enjoy your life. And that is right. vital for when I then go back to work, I feel refreshed and I can get and, back and, in the mood. And right, and we just work like 40 hours a week, right? 35, yeah. 40 hours a week, whatever. And we're, you know, and then the holiday, you know, summertime comes along and it's like, wow, I can't wait to just get two weeks off to refresh, to recharge my ba- my batteries. Yeah. And and these 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 folks are going. They're traveling on top of that, yeah, constantly, and you know, n- barely getting some time off for the for for Christmas this year. Like you know, they had to pull double shows to just not work on December twenty fifth. Yeah, uh, you know, just put yourself in in their shoes. Could you work your job schedule like that and, and I don't know never about you have guys. some proper time off? I don't know about you guys, but in my job, I don't get punched and kicked or thrown off right. top ropes and stuff. Um, <laughs> that's that's not what I do in my work. Maybe the wife does that to me, but that's that's none the wiser. Um, so, what about the the cons then? On on a side to this, I think a a perfect opposite to having time off for rest is ring rust. Um, it's something which I thought of. When I thought of having the time off, ring rust is definitely a thing. Whenever we see someone come back from injury, someone always mentions, oh, they're a bit rusty in the ring. You know, they, they, they feel they've had a lot of time off. What do you think about ring rust as a con for having all this time off? 
I think that, I mean, it definitely plays a factor. I mean, for sure, you know, coming back from two months, a month, three months, a quarter of a year, you know, getting back in and kind of getting to where you were, you know, isn't the easiest thing in the world. But I think on top of that, you know, how is the crowd going to respond when you come back? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like WWE is known for these great re-entries back into the, uh, you know, into the field. They haven't really done a great job bringing talent back out of injuries. So, you know, you run the risk of if you leave, you lose your momentum. And then once your momentum's gone, now you're really putting your trust back in creative to get you back into a position of prominence. And the, the track record with WWE specifically with regards to that, the few last few years has been rather poor, in my opinion. Yeah. So you run that risk, too. So you got ring rust. You're not performing from a quality perspective. But then on top of that, from a, from a creative perspective, you're also, uh, you know, two steps behind. Yeah. Warren? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I should have prefaced this. I don't see many cons to, taking, to, to, giving, um, to giving seasons or time off to, to wrestlers. But um, I don't think the, the ring rust argument is – I don't think it, it holds water. Um, you know, I love you, Luke. That's not the issue. But the um, but I, I think it's I think it's nonsense in the context where we are today. WWE has a, has a top of the line performance center opened in Florida. They have the same one. They they just recently opened one up in in the UK. But the point is, is that anyone who wants to who has the time off and wants to shake off the ring rust, wants to get back into shape, they can go to this performance center where they have top-notch trainers, state-of-the-art equipment. Like, it is a fantastic, fantastic place. And as for returning, you know, when you when you do come back, I, I'm a big, big proponent of wrestlers t- disappearing off television and coming back. Uh, and, 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 and yes, there is the argument to be made that creative has messed up more often than not recently. I mean... We just have to think about what they did with Dean Ambrose, which was a sure thing, yet they managed to to drive that one into the ground. Um, if you're giving your talent some time off, and you give creative as well some time off, you know, because we're talking about the talent, you know, the the in ring talent. But if 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 creative can benefit from periods of rest and uh, uh, mental rehabilitation in this sense, maybe the ideas will just be better. Maybe we will be able to focus on more things. And I, you know, I think that, um, you know, look at Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is probably the best, the best, uh, uh, uh vision or the, the, the best example that we have of taking some time off, time off and returning or undertaker. Yeah. It's the same thing. They would take hiatuses, disappear for months at a time when they come back not only do they come back they come back with something fresh they come back with something new and that that's provided the longevity to their career as well as their in-ring work but that has also made us want them more because we get there'd be these long stretches where we don't see them we love them they come back and it's fantastic yeah um you mentioned a good point there like Chris Jericho, he comes back, he reinvents himself every time. We see so many wrestlers now, especially in WWE, who become very stale in what they are doing. Their gimmick is very stale. Um, you know, Nia Jax has been sort of playing the same sort of thing for a while, people say, and, you know, this wrestler, this wrestler, always doing the same thing. Having a time off for rest, 
my next pro would be having the time off and coming back to rebrand yourself bring in something new if it's not working change it and having the time off makes people forget about how bad that last gimmick was or how repetitive things were before and if you come out and do something fresh it doesn't look as weird um, when we suddenly have these heel or face changes um, just sprung on us out of nowhere you can bring them back as a heel you can bring them back as a face and change it up um, what's your opinions on that jpq Actually, I kind of look at that as a pro-con. It, it could be either or. Right? It's potential. So to take it back to what Warren was talking about for a second, you know, the reason Chris Jericho and Undertaker were able to take time off, come back, reinvent themselves, and they were successful at it was, number one, they're very good at what they do. Right? They are tremendous. They, they know how to get themselves over. And the reason they know how to get themselves over is because they've been doing it every night for so long. Yeah. So to take a Ty Dillinger and put him on ice and then bring him back, is he really going to be able to reinvent himself to the point where we're going to buy in at the level we would with a Chris Jericho? So when we're talking about t- you know, every- everybody taking time off over the course of the year, you know, it's, the top guys are always going to be fine. John Cena is going to come out and get the pop that John Cena gets. Kurt Angle's proving that now. But you, know, you take Nia, for example, and you, you, you sit her down and then you bring her back, go learn a new hold and then come back. Can she get us invested as consistently as a Chris Jericho or an Undertaker, or even half of that. And that's where I think that you kind of run into the, the con side of things. Mm. So to that point, yes, the potential's there, depending on if a character can get themselves over. Um, and Chris Jericho is one of those people that says, I don't care what creative gets you, you go out there and you get yourself over. Yeah. So if they have that innate ability to do that, great, it's a pro. But if you don't and you rely mm-hmm. on the storytelling and you rely on creative to get you into a place of prominence you know then it's a con yeah definitely because we we i mentioned then you know bringing people back if they're stale there's no point in changing things if it's working and sometimes um i'll go on to a con uh, i'm on a teaser con which you mentioned <laughs> earlier uh warren is the the loss of momentum and that's something which you know it could be working and i look at um elias and he went from a heel to a face turn uh, recently before Christmas, and it worked perfectly. The crowd loved him anyway, so why not make him a baby face? And then I tune into Raw on Monday, and it looks like they've turned him heel again. He's he's talking trash to the crowd, and I'm so confused. I'm thinking it's too soon. The crowd wasn't like over him being a face. They were loving him still. He was still one of the best parts of Monday Night Raw. Why are they changing him? to a heel i just don't understand it um but let's go back obviously i've, I've gone a little bit off topic there warren what do you <laughs> think about um the the rebranding sort of side of things um uh jpq made some very salient points you know and he used the example of nia Jax, who is not a you know who's not exactly uh, a, a, a a shining beacon of uh, versatility as far as character work goes. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about character work. I don't want to get into her, her in more in ring work because that's a whole other show. Um, but um, you know, uh, he, he, you're absolutely right. Uh, John was absolutely uh, absolutely right because the the idea of 
expecting every wrestler <clears throat> being able to compose and develop and create something special with, with what they're given isn't uh, isn't necessarily native to all of them. Now, you can point out a lot of uh, a, a lot of a lot of um, problems, a lot of uh, uh, um, not problems, but um, you can point out a lot of um, uh, details within this um, this idea that creative gives you something. You work with it. You do ha creative has to be sensitive enough to play off a wrestler's strengths as well. You know. As good as Chris Jericho was, you know, if he was asked to do something that wasn't within his his forte, maybe he wouldn't have been able to get it over as well. Yeah. Nia Jax being acting as a uh, as a, uh, a a devilish monster heel is not in her forte because she doesn't have the character depth to pull it off, which is why she ended up screaming at the top of her lungs into microphones, making them pop in our ears. Mm. Right. Um, but the rebranding can also help when your character, I think the cat, the rebranding works well when your character is already really, really strong and you need to move forward, but you, you don't, you, you can't exactly pull a switch and then, and then, okay, we're going this way. Taker's a really good example. You know, at some point the dead man thing was done. The, uh, evil ministry cult leader hit thing was done. So he came back, took some time off, came back in biker gear, mm. and we bought it. You know, Chris Jericho takes some time off. He comes back. He's silent, Chris Jericho. It's fine. We yeah. we buy it. I'm ex I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt is that kind of character that's really, really um, uh, big. He's larger than life. We've seen we've seen him go through subtle changes. But now we haven't seen him in, in months, and honestly, I'm looking forward to see to, to having him come uh, return to the ring, and especially to see what they do with him next. And I think these pauses are really important for your for your upper tier folks, yeah. for for these characters that already have these really larger than life personas. Yeah, um, a con for it, which I'm glad you said Bray Wyatt, because this is a con for me, is how long is too long of a break because Bray Wyatt, we haven't really seen him on TV since Matt Hardy um, sort of had to stop wrestling in August, I think it was, was the last time we seen him on TV. We, he was obviously on Scar Starcade, um, but that was it. Not to my knowledge has he been injured or, or anything like that. The last we knew it was a rebranded thing. I thought for sure we would see him at the Royal Rumble. I thought what a perfect time yeah. to bring Bray Wyatt back. But now it's becoming too long to bring Bray Wyatt back. So a con for me is, yes, it's it's good to come, uh, um, to have this break, uh, to rebrand, but what if they're, they're given too long off? What do you guys think of that? I disagree. I'm uh, Sorry, John, I'm just going to jump in but I, real quick because I have, I, you know, we have wrestlers disappear for years at a time and they come back. Look at Rey Mysterio recently. Like Rey Mysterio... Despite the fact that, you know, we're wrestling fans and we've seen him wrestle in New Japan and whatnot, you know, like he hasn't really disappeared. But for a, a WWE fan, uh, Rey Mysterio hasn't been on television for years. Yeah. And he comes back. He gets an enormous pop. People are excited. He did when he came into the Royal Rumble last year. People were super stoked. Uh, I don't think there is such a time as 
too long. I think then, you know, maybe arguments towards ring rust and, you know, being, you know, a little bit uh, a step behind maybe might come in. But as far as audience expectation, I don't think it I don't think it's a problem. I'm telling you, I don't have many cons here. <laughs> I'm really flying. I'm going to try and find a con. All right. <laughs> JPK, what do you think about having too long off? Because you mentioned, Warren mentioned Rey Mysterio there. Rey Mysterio is class as, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about that. He will be a Hall of Famer when his time's up and, and the time is right. He will be in the Hall of Fame. But for for people, you mentioned, say, uh, Ty Dillinger. What if Ty Dillinger is off? Well, he's off TV anyway. What if, what if Ty Dillinger has a run of a couple of months? Then he goes off for a couple of months. Is that too long? I mean, it can be. I mean, so when you look at this from so from the world that we live in now, yeah, Bray's been off TV too long. That you know, that's you, you're going to lose something. They're going to try to rebrand him, or they're going to bring him back exactly the same, which is where I think they're ultimately headed. Yeah. Um, but under the context of everybody gets time off, that really should give creative the flexibility to pick the durations. So you exactly. got short term, you got middle term, you got long term. And then how you take them off television, how you bring them back, really brings a new wrinkle to you know how you how you kind of scope these storylines. So, yeah, being off too long can cause concern, but done the right way through the storyline could make a lot of sense. So under that under that umbrella of everybody gets it off, I actually kind of look at it as a pro, depending on how they do it. So yeah. And that's a super salient point because if 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 the idea of having wrestlers take time off or having seasons, whatever you want to see it, if it's rotating, you know, rotating groups of wrestlers, however you want to see it, there is a fundamental change in how WWE operates that had that will happen uh, because uh, right now it's just like okay, well we don't have we we have so and so on, so and so are off, so what can we do? We'll throw this this dude in, we'll throw this the, this woman into the mix and. You know, it's very still spontaneous. Uh, and uh, uh, There will have to be, like, just a, a very basic fundamental change in the way they operate, the way they handle talent, and the way they plan out stuff. Because, you know, again, this week, Raw, the scripts were handed out, I think, like, an, it was reported, like, an hour before the show started. That's nuts. Four yeah. rewrites within the same day. That doesn't make sense. And it... Long term, it just cannot work. Not in the way WWE positions itself now as a media company versus a a, a wrestling promotion. They just can't do this shit anymore. No, very true. Um, okay, then I'm going to give you guys the opportunity. JPQ, do you have a pro that you'd like to throw my way? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, look at a pro with regards to this. I think I like the idea of a like a PTO bank or a personal time off bank that they can pull from where it's not necessarily seasons, right? Maybe it's just, you need a week. Maybe you just need a week to be at home. And so they just take you off TV for a week and they don't have to, does not be a storyline. They can just not book you. Yeah. Right. And I think that the more flexibility that they add to allowing when wrestlers take off versus when wrestlers don't take off, I think it can be a pro to just the overall working environment and that work balance life that's so important to to a wrestler who right now doesn't really have any. Hmm. So I think if you add a if you add that personal time off bank, PTO bank, then you know you're that can that could be a tremendous pro towards this argument. Yeah, that's a fair point. But however, when when this has happened in the past where someone has, has had been written off TV for a week, 
Um, I remember one when Roman Reigns was off TV for a week. People went fucking nuts because it was like, why isn't Roman Reigns? We've seen Roman Reigns in every segment of Raw and then one week he's just not on it at all. Um, yeah, but isn't that great? the rumor mill and everything like that right. i suppose it's good when, man when they're we talking were, about it. yeah good better and different it doesn't matter they're talking about it i suppose if we're sort of saturated with with that people will just get used to it so i, okay. I see what you mean that way um well, but, it's like nxt it's a good example like you don't see everybody every no. week you don't see dream every week and if you would again you you'd get it would get a little stale that oversaturation of their top superstars gets a little bothersome from time to time that's why I probably still like the revival, although they're on TV too much right now. Yeah, Warren, what is a big pro for you in this in this what that one that we haven't mentioned before? Um, a big pro, yeah, because one thing I don't think we um, we haven't touched on is uh, is the economic aspect for WWE as well. Um, you know, I it's 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 funny because earlier and not too long ago I was chatting with. Um, with uh, Kristen Ashley from Diva Dirt, she's a big numbers lady, and we were talking about uh, we were talking about you know operating expenses in WWE. You know, she she follows y- y- their 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 number game a lot more than I do, um, and it's interesting because you know house shows are not making money for WWE anymore. Uh, let me let me see if I can just pull it up here quickly. In the okay, in the third quarter of 2017, right? 96 events took place. Uh, there were 90 in 2018, there were 90 events that took place. Okay? Uh, North American ticket sales declined 2.9 million dollars and decreased 8% in average attendance. So the average ticket price essentially say, stays the same between the years, but we're it's still it's still going down. They're still pulling back on the shows. They're not doing as many. And the the shows that they are uh, that they are doing are making less and less cash. Everything that's media related is going up. It, it, m- m- media year to date. Uh, right now in the current fiscal year for WWE went up 22.8%, right? Uh, that's the, their their media revenue. I, I'm sorry, I don't think I mentioned that. The media revenue went up 22.8% from 389 million to 478 million. Mm. Live events went down 5.75. And it's, I, I just, I talked, I mentioned it really quickly earlier WWE does not perceive itself as a wrestling company anymore. It perceives itself as a media company. It talks about content. Triple H talked about content when he did his media call for TakeOver last week. That's what they're focused on. They want to create stuff that can be sold, shared. They want the to, they want to, to be able to sell the rights to this media. We're not in a place anymore where back in the 80s, the 90s, you'd have your television show to promote your live shows. You wanted the people to watch your TV because you wanted them to go buy a ticket and see you live. That's not the case anymore. You you want people to watch the TV because then they'll go on YouTube, they'll go on social media and talk about it. WWE can raise their stock on that level. And then, oh, by the way, you can go see them live, but there's no real upside to seeing them live because there's there's nothing that correlates with the core product anymore there you won't see the blow-off match at at, at a match in medicine hat alberta you know you'll the blow-off match will happen uh, happen on wwe network at uh wrestlemania or royal rumble yeah 
as well as something that they could they could look into doing which i think would would benefit if someone's been off tv for a while <clears throat> and then you announce that that person will show up at this live event do you think that would raise tickets to that live event um see the thing is is that i don't even know i i, I don't even know if that's a if it's a a smart thing for them to do like I don't, I don't really think I don't see how WWE even considers live events to be all that important anymore. Mm. You know, uh, they want people at the tapings. They want people going nuts. They want full uh, full arenas at the tapings because the cameras are there because that's where the hype happens. They want the you know full arenas. They want to say that there was forty one thousand people, but they were really glad to 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 let us know about that. Right, forty over forty thousand forty one thousand people at Royal Rumble the last weekend. They were, you know, they pushed that down our throats. That's what they want. That's what they want to put across because they're a media company now. Like, I, if I were a wrestler in WWE, knowing that live show attendance is down, money is down, I would be really, really pissed off that I'd have to add three more days to my schedule just to go do these non-events that are just entered into online record books by wrestling nerds like us mm. but have no other impact whatsoever fair point i mean i think a lot of them do it um obviously for the fans they they become very interactive with the fans at these these live events and again uh, uh, that's what they have to do that's what they have to do to make them special i'm yeah. just talking like on a pure economic point yeah it doesn't it's making less and less sense for wwe to push i'm on a on a strategic a corporate strategic vision that they have it doesn't make sense to continue doing the live events and as far and on our basic the basic question should wrestlers have some time off yes you know if we go on, on if we agree on that then it makes even less sense to toss them out on the on the road three more times a week mm -hmm. okay what about a con then let's move Actually, over to I can, a con i can jump in yeah go on though. carry on because I'm just because it, it's an interesting topic, and I agree that the amount of uh, house shows they do is problematic, right? Just not from an economic standpoint. But I, I like the idea. So the problem that I have with their home shows is that they do them in markets that they're going to do Raws and SmackDowns and pay per views. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why a live show should ever come to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right? And it does, and it comes twice a year. Like Hershey makes a lot of sense, right? Hershey, Pennsylvania makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, the, the south left corner of Alabama makes a lot of sense. What they should be doing is they should be utilizing, they should be promoting these tours regionally and not as often with mm. their talent. So as talent, you know that you got to work the Southwest tour and they're going to promote the Southwest tour and that's going to happen once a year. And now you're, now you're building traction in areas that you won't take a live show, to, like you won't take a, a SmackDown, a Raw, or a, or a pay-per-view to, and that's how you can make money off of, of house shows. You, you, you limit the volume, and you put them in the market where they're not easily accessible, and then you only let the talent have to run a couple tours a year, and that's a way that you can begin to make money in the house show uh, business again, or at least theoretically. Uh, the amount that they have now, though, yeah, just from an, from an economics perspective, it just doesn't make sense because every quarter they're reporting that they're losing money on their house shows. Yeah. I can see Warren itching to jump in there. <laughs> the, see, I, I, I really don't see 
the correlation. I don't see the point of WWE even insisting to do the house shows, even if it's like, I, you know, I talked about Medicine Hat Alberta, which is actually really far in the province. And, you know, it's they, they did run, they, they did run uh, live shows there recently. They had to cancel it because there weren't there wasn't enough attendance. Uh, that's something that happened. I think it was Medicine Hat. I'm pretty sure. Um, let's think about like a band like you two. All right. Let's let, let, let just humor me for a second here. Let's say you two, they go on tour. They don't go on tour doing 200 cities anymore in a year. They're going to do Toronto, New York, LA. They're going to do London, Paris, Budapest. You know, they're going to do big, big cities and people are going to drive in to see them. They're going to fly in to see them. They're going to train. They're going to, they're going to go from wherever they are to try and see them live. And if you, I, I believe that if you create that form of rarity, scarcity, it's like, oh, they're coming to my town or they're coming to, uh, to the largest metropolitan area that I have easy access to. Maybe it's a three-hour, four-hour drive. But you know what? I'd make a weekend out of it. I'd go see them. I'd do it because I really, really love them. I think that's a. I think that it's it's just as beneficial, maybe even more, to create scarcity around the product than to uh, than to oversaturate it. And and I, you know, I'm I'm I really don't think that the that the house show segment is pertinent. For WWE in the mindset that that they have, I think it's more of a let's do bigger cities less often, and then you guys come and see us. Okay. What about wait? I want to jump back in on this. <laughs> if it uh, so, and I, so this is either going to work for my argument or not. And if you know the answer, great. I don't know the answer, but <laughs> I know that NXT shows do well when they run a Florida circuit. I believe. That when two hundred five first started, yeah, two hundred five first started, and they were running the, they were running tours that they were making money off the tours. So, to, again, to hit these smaller markets, push merchandise when they're there, and they'll buy it anyway from the shop. But, um, but to be able to push uh, ticket sales in smaller markets on quick tours that are being promoted specifically in that region, you know, I I can't see how that's a negative. Provided that they're not overworking their staff, which is the ultimate, you know, the goal is to, to lessen the workload. Um, and I think if you build it up as a special type of tour and you market it a certain way, I think there is money to be made there. Sure, it's a it's a single when you're looking for a home run, but it's probably even a bunt. But still, you know, I think that if you tweak it, I think that there's a lot of money that can be made if, if it's repackaged the right way. So um, I, I wouldn't get rid of it completely. I would just say, you know change it because right now there is oversaturation i don't disagree with that i and uh, you know you, you it's also a very good point i don't have the answer regarding nxt but then nxt at the same time it doesn't have the same production value as a main roster show does and when you do go see a main roster show you are expecting the titan tron the loud music and so on and so forth and you are expecting arenas uh but at NXT, a event you are because i don't think you are at a, lot, at a live event you're not like at a, at, they have a little Little bracket, maybe some smokers and some some lights, but they're not putting on the big shows anymore like they used to do. Don't they're they're not on. putting on a Raw or SmackDown setup. They're doing little. I don't but even know because they're better. But they do have video walls, right? They still have the video wall. Maybe it's not the Titantron, but they do have video, right? The last one I was at, I don't think it did. Okay, well, yeah. the the the, I, the point it, is, it depends on where you are. 
that that could be as well. You know, they they probably pull out all the stops for MSG, but uh, you know, maybe in Eugene, Oregon, they'll they'll, they'll low key it a bit. That 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 okay, I'll, for sure. But the point is, is that even NXT when it does when it goes on tours, it's it it it, it plays smaller venues. It you know they it, they they hit they hit up areas that aren't necessarily arenas either. You know, you some of them are halls. You mm. you see when you see the the footage, you know, the low ceilings and so on and so forth. And you know, there's always that developmental aspect where you 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 try to get the 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 some of the talent that you are developing. You want to put them in front of live shows. You want to put them in front of live crowds so that they can so that they know how to to work a crowd as well. There's also that aspect. Um, and you're and you're right. You know, when they did run with 205 Live, it did work well. But they're very very smaller production crews, and they're not paying the staff. The, uh, the the talent I should say the same as if they're on main either you know even though Alistair Black is a huge huge draw on NXT uh, he's not making Seth Rollins money by a long shot yeah. so so you know I'm convinced that you know overall it is better for them to do that and they don't tour all that often either they're gonna you know they'll do the full sale schedule you know uh, get a month of taping in in about a couple of what is it I think they do it in a day or in two days something like that. And then, and then they they will do a tour, but again, a very regional one with very short stops between each tour, and in very very small venues at the same time. So, it it's a very indie promotion way of doing it when you think about it. You know, it's it's more akin to what Ring of Honor will do. And I'm not saying Ring of Honor is not independent. Okay, let's. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but it's more akin to what a Ring of Honor might do. Than, than what WWE does. So do you think they should season house shows too? Would that be, going on to our topic, would the house shows be better if they seasoned them as well? Make them a lot less, um, let, make them a lot happen a lot less and season them. So, you know, like you said, they're going to work the Southwest. Maybe they do, you know, they take a month off, then they do a, a month of house shows, then they take another month off, then they do another month of house shows. Do you reckon that would help the situation with house shows? Yeah, I think there's a balance there. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're, we're, we're ultimately driving at, is if you can, smaller venues, more hole-in-the-wall type arenas slash bingo halls, uh, mix up the talent, so it's not always your head guys, but then you, maybe you bring some NXT in, or some guys like the Ty Dillinger of the world that People want to see, but they, you know, they, they're not. They don't time for on SmackDown and and Raw, and then you you market it in such a way that we're doing this around your area, and we're only going to be there for a short amount of time, and then we're not going to see a tour for a while. Then you build a little sense of urgency into it. Yeah, there's a balance there, and it, so provided that you do all that, and then it makes money. It has to make money. Yeah. But then that that's the overall point is that right now they're losing money on house shows. So how can you change? And I don't think the answer is getting rid of them. The scarcity does create, you know, uh, a, a more of appeal to go to the bigger shows. But on this, on the smaller scale, there, there can, there is money to be made there. And as the model, as the industry changes, the model needs to change. And right now, they're living in the past. So I think there's a compromise somewhere in the middle. There's a balance there that uh, is way over my pay grade. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the topic of seasons a little bit more to do with the wrestlers and. One of the cons which I think you wouldn't realize at first maybe um maybe something that would happen, but we already see it um and I don't know whether it's just because 
you know the writers and creative are just idiots and or whatever but if we had seasons and a certain amount of wrestlers were off the card to to use every week do you think we would become annoyed with seeing the same match over and over again because eventually we would run out of different opponents through the roster if certain people are off what do you think about that warren well i mean we're that's pretty much what's happening right now anyway. Exactly. So it would happen, <laughs> it's going to happen even more if we have seasons and say Seth Rollins is off, off limits now. Well, we're going to use the, our next big guy is going to come up, but also, you know, um, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler is also off. So then that's two people, that's two big guys off. You can't now just start using... Zack Ryder in the main events because he hasn't been built to be in a main eventer. So then you're very limiting your main event stars. Eventually, you're going to have the same matches over and over again, even more. Um. Yes, but I, you know, like I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm sitting here and I have necessarily all the answers. But if if we if we agree that. The way that WWE will ha- will have to operate in this kind of situation will uh, that creative will have to push itself in very different ways. Uh, I think there would definitely be a way to keep the seasons fresh, nonetheless. Uh, keep um, keep your main guys on uh, and 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 women on top um, while while creating new stars as well. Um, Maybe you know there could be ways to mix and match. You know, you toss. You know, toss. Uh, you know that that would. Let's say. Um, let's say. Okay, Seth Rollins. You know, he's on Team A, and uh, for for a couple of months. Then we switch to to Team B. Uh, then midway through the Team B season, Seth Rollins pops up. It creates an element of surprise. Like I think that there would be new creative ways to generate interest. You know, a season doesn't necessarily mean that they absolutely need months off. You know, New Japan is able to pull it off with uh, not not necessarily season, but giving their wrestlers time to rehab. Maybe that's all that you need at some point. Because of course, if 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 someone is a draw and is making money, you know, if Seth Rollins gets elevated to a point where you know people want to see him, Becky Lynch, you know, you 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 could argue that there that there is a substantial amount of people right now who are paying money to see Becky Lynch. Well, of course, you, if you take her off TV completely for two to three months, uh, maybe that's not uh, the smartest move either. Mm-hmm. JPK, what do you think? I actually look at it as a pro. I'm on the opposite. Um, I, so, so, so to both points, either if it's a PTO bank or if it's a seasonality of we're going to work nine months, you're off three. Right now, there's a logjam in talent in WWE. So what are you doing with Drew McIntyre? What are you doing with Baron Corbin? You know, it, it, by allowing people to go away, the problem of bringing them back is, is still prevalent, but by allowing them to go away, now you can build these people that are your borderline mid-card main eventers or your bottom-of-the-rank middle cards. Yeah, right? like, the, the Finn Balor of the world. Exactly. You would give them the opportunity. And so in that season, right, if we want to look at it through seasons just for the, for the sake of conversation – you know, to have a Finn Balor season where he can then, you know, begin to build. I think you actually get more flexibility in your matches than you would otherwise. To Mr. Warren Hayes's point about what do you do if someone's super, super over, 
Well, then if Becky wants to extend, you know, till 11 months instead of nine months using the examples of seasonality, well, now you just pay her a higher, a higher wage. Right? Yeah. So you're going to compensate her more for being there because now part of her quote unquote contract is she's doing more than what's required of her. So now you're paying extra for the dates. And that's a win-win, right? Now, that's a business decision on the talent. It takes it off WWE's plate completely. And, you know, now you have the freedom as talent to, to make that decision. And, of course, they're going to take it. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to be over? Yeah. So. I think uh, I, I dropped in the name Finn Balor very cleverly there. Because what, <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself. Because um, I feel like Finn Balor has, if we were to do a season, we've had a lot of injuries on Raw right now obviously we've had uh, braun Strowman, roman reigns sadly with with his illness uh, kevin owens um so the main event is looking very scarce and to prevent us having the same main event every time finn balor got a bit of an elevation and had a match against brock lesnar at royal rumble we were ecstatic to see it he put an incredible performance uh, it did look like he was going to win at one point it was very good but nonetheless it was great to see him in that role. Whereas for months and months and months, we've been saying Finn Balor is just being overlooked. He's such a talent, but he's just teetering on mid-card to main event. He's not getting pushed. Now, we've seen him benefit from this, which means, which takes me to my, my next pro, is we, we can elevate these mid-carders to bigger things and introduce guys who aren't on tv to their spots to the mid card to the zach riders the kurt hawkins who we haven't seen for months and months and months we're seeing that right now on raw they're getting a spot on the card so what do you think about that <clears throat> oh okay uh, <laughs> that's fine. uh no i i completely agree and and there you know we're talking about finn but there's so many people who could benefit from that kind of situation. I think Bailey is another wrestler who would benefit from it. Bailey Bailey is a wrestler that fans are just waiting for an excuse to cheer for her. They're do you remember last year when she was feuding and I'm air quoting here feuding with with uh, Sasha that moment when she lost her shit and went uh, went after her and started pounding on Charlotte. The place exploded. You know, the, everyone went crazy for it because that's what we're that's what we're waiting for. You could say the same thing about the tag division on both Raw and SmackDown. You, you know, what if what if this allowed more room for these fantastic tag teams that that they have on uh, you know the Usos, the Revival, Sanity for Pete's sake. You know, Who? Why, exactly. <laughs> it's like, why, why, why don't they, the, that would also create opportunities for these other divisions to, to grow as well. We always think about the Finns and the Drew, the Drew McIntyre's and even you touched on it as well. The, the, the undercard guys, you know, uh, Mojo Raleigh, look, they're, apparently they're going to try with Mojo again. They're going to give him another another thing. And we're all sitting here all smarky going, oh, well, there they go with Mojo again, setting themselves up for failure. But why are they setting, why do we have that reaction? It's not because, not because Mojo is an awful person. It's not because he's the worst wrestler in the world. It's because we don't feel that, we, we don't feel the trust that, um, we don't feel that WWE has the, the, the trust in uh, Mojo to really push him forward and elevate him to the next level. His last feud was with 
uh, No Way Jose, and then he disappeared. Now they're going to do it again? <sighs> okay, we'll see what happens. But I think in a context where you know some people are having a break, taking it easy, and creative can focus on building new people, and that's another thing, building new people, I'd be much more optimistic as to what they're going to do with Mojo next. Because like you said, um, Luke, the – the 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 main event situation is so very thin and it's on no one's fault other than WWE trying to make us cheer for Roman Reigns mm -hmm. that they've sabotaged so many other people underneath that now they're in a situation, well, we're about to lose Brock because he's going to go fight Cormier in a bit and we've lost Roman for God knows how long. Uh, what do we do? You know, <laughs> so if you have time to build your stars, create the momentum for them, uh, it, it'll work. And I, in a situation where you do have main guys taking breaks and then coming back, then there's a void that needs to be uh, that needs to be filled. And the the lower card mid carders can then be moved up to fill those positions. John, what do you think? Not to mention. You have all the people in NXT and yeah, the, yeah. the logjam you got down there. So, yeah. So with seasonal, so seasonality actually works um, to 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 elevate everybody um, through this whole thing. So yeah, no, I agree hundred percent with with Mr. Warren Hayes there with regards to all that. But then on top of that, it's like you have the same problem in NXT, and the problem with NXT is that yeah. you only have one hour to showcase anybody. And and then build towards a five match pay per view every what three months? Yeah. So, you know, it it's it you, you run into this issue with as they sign this talent, especially with how aggressive they are now, uh, to keep them away from others. In my opinion, it's one of those things where you, you have to give people time off to be able to just let the roster breathe a bit. Yeah. It's bad enough when you have Ronda in there, and I, again, it's not it's not a knock on Ronda, but. She puts a glass ceiling. We talked about this uh, at the end of 2018. She puts a glass ceiling on that division. So what are you doing with the Raw roster? Because nobody can compete with Ronda, which is why now Becky's coming over. And they've all been in limbo for, for all of 2018. All of them. Sasha, Bailey, And there's a reason we haven't seen them do anything with these people, um, you know, in, in a way. You can't add more titles. You're already at 16 titles. Yeah. You can't just now add more to, to try to make use of it. Nobody's going to care. Titles don't mean anything at that point. So, yeah, you give them some time off. You let other people kind of rise to the occasion. If they fail, well, then you know what you have, and you can send them on their way. Otherwise, um, you know, you, you, just, you just suck in this log jam of talent. Um, and it's not a good problem. It's a bad problem. And it's a super salient point that John makes when it comes to the talent. They have so many people under contract. It's nuts. Just you know, we, we're just talking about the people that we see occasionally. There's so many people that they have under contract that we never see because there's just no room for them. You know, the, honestly, t having some people disappear for a while while the others pop up is—it's it, not even a problem. They just have. They're just sitting on so many people. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know, we've we touched on then bringing people up into their spots and. You, you mentioned NXT guys then. The, or some of the biggest pops we've had in the past is like when Kevin Owens came out and um, 
face John Cena for, for the US, I think it was the US title, um, while he was NXT champion. Huge pop. Um, I was live in the crowd at Manchester when Nikki Cross came out and um, confronted Becky. How random it was and, and, and everything like that. But then they then had a match. That was pretty cool. At the time, Nikki Cross wasn't going up to the main roster. There was rumours that she was. Um, but at the time, she was an NXT star. So, yes, you can bring up. We've seen the effect it had on Mustafa Ali and mm-hmm. how incredible that's been. Why not give these two or five live guys a go? Okay, maybe the Lucha the, the Lucha, party, Lucha House party didn't quite work how WWE sort of wanted it to. But that's not for everyone. Mustafa Ali definitely worked. I'd love to see Drew go... Drew Gulak just turn up and, and challenge someone uh, on an episode of Raw or an episode of SmackDown. And having this seasonal seasonal thing so the roster has been thinned down a bit, yes, we may see a lot of the same matches because we already do, but it does give an opportunity for these guys who just work the house shows like the Ty Dillingers, like the Zack Riders and the Cat Hawkins, a chance to show their face and get some love again because the crowd still know that they're there. We don't forget that they're there. But it also gives the opportunity for the 205 Live guys, the NXT guys. Hell, why don't they just chuck in one random night? Flash Morgan Webster just randomly appears on Raw. Everyone could mm. be like, who the hell says? But people who you know, are big fans love NXT UK. Then the people who don't love NXT UK watch Flash Morgan Webster think, that guy's pretty cool. Where is he from? NXT UK. Okay, I'll check that out. And then they start watching more WWE product. That's what I think... Um, another big benefit they could see from um, elevating other guys, and and they do, you know, the WWE loves to cross promote. You know, it, it would just make absolute natural sense. You know, instead of just themselves. always <laughs> only with themselves. That's yeah. what. But but I mean, you know, you know, they bring the Bellas back to hype the new season of Total Bellas. You're like, oh my god, you know, well why. Why not do exactly that? And they've done it in the past before. I remember last year on 205, oh no, on 2017, 205 Live, uh, just around the time of the UK tournament, they had Tyler Bate on 205 Live. They had Mark Andrews. I think even Flash Morgan Webster was there. I don't quite remember. They had uh, James Drake. They had a whole bunch of guys on an episode of 205 Live. Yeah. Um, and they had Pete Dunn pop up on Raw at some point as well when they did, or I think it was the Raw that they did in 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 the UK, right? Um, I mean, there's so much they could do, and it would be that would fit naturally into their overall strategy. It would be just really simple for them to do. Yeah. Um, a a a con that I sort of, I know you can argue against this quite massively because of the pro that we just had but for children this is see if you were a child you had a favorite wrestler you've bought tickets for a certain show in a couple of months time it gets to that time and your favorite wrestler is on his season off surely that's a con um put it on the parents (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> get to know your kids before you buy the tickets That's Who's right. your favorite re- my favorite wrestler is roman reigns oh, okay well he's not on the show so i won't buy the ticket exactly or okay well we got him and then we also have finn balor so why don't we do why don't we pay attention to both of them up until the show there you now, go but it is one of those things um that's a good point so the children aspect of it is a good point um the fact of the matter is is that wwe has been leveraging their top talent since the beginning of time to to be the draw in, in every sense of of every major show every live show 
and even back in the day, the house shows to get people to show up. Uh, it's going to take them to walk away from what they've been doing for the last, what, 50 years, 40 yeah. years, uh, to, to, to embrace the seasonality of, of it. And know, just know that, yeah, you're going to piss some people off along the way. Mm. Right, and you're gonna, you're, but but the thing is that if if you go to a show, and it's and you go to see Roman Reigns, and you're there to see Roman Reigns, and he's not there, you're still gonna buy the shirt, you know, you're still gonna buy the merchandise of it, or you're gonna find somebody else to connect to, and then there you're you gonna go. go buy their stuff. So 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 either way, you're still gonna get the money. Yeah, they may not be happy in the moment, but. I mean, think about all the controversy that has surrounded WWE over over their 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 tenure in the in the industry. We don't go away. We just bitch. Like we we don't leave the product. So very rarely do we leave the product because of controversy. We leave because we don't like it. We we leave because characters are diluted or we see the same rest. But we don't leave because you know they did something that we don't like and and because we don't like it. You know we're going we're going to walk away. It, it just very rarely happens. So, you know, yeah, it's a fear, but get over it and 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 just press on. Warren, um, JPQ's uh, telling five rules to get over it. <laughs> what do just you get over it? I think if it's done right, uh, you won't have the Roman Reigns situation where it's like, oh, Roman Reigns is not there. If it's done right, you will be excited to go see either whoever's on the card. You know, the, because you will have room for more top fellows and ladies. That's it's just as simple as that. And as far as kids go, look, when I was a kid, I watched the Transformers cartoon, the, Gen, the cartoon, the Gen one. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, one of my favorite Transformers was Grimlock, the Dinobot. Mm. You know, the, the, the he wasn't on every episode. You know, there were a couple of episodes where, where he's not, not there. But when Grimlock was there, oh, boy. I, he had they had my whole attention, right? But in the meantime, he's not there, so you have to, you know. There's Bumblebee. Well, Bumblebee was there a lot, but you know, you'd have like Ironside and Mirage. You know, the, at least you know you'd still have your recurring cast of characters where maybe your favorite's not there, but you still you still tune in. Then when 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 he is there, when Grimlock is there, and he says, "Me no agree with you, Optimus." Well, you're like, yeah, all right, that's fantastic. And you get really excited for it, but you don't stop watching because he's not there. Now, of course, there weren't uh, there weren't uh, uh, um, Autobots and versus Decepticon live shows to go to after. You know, there's there's that aspect. But in uh, <laughs> I'm bringing this back. Maybe maybe you know at this point, your boy Warren is sounding a bit like a broken record. But as far as long as WWE considers itself to be a media sh a media company as opposed to a wrestling promotion if they come along with their show and they are providing compelling programming and they want people to buy a ticket to come see their tv tapings well i as long as that's there they can create as many stars as they want and if they're doing it right they will have the stars that people will want to see regardless okay well i i mentioned kids but what i really meant was me because <laughs> I went to Manchester to watch Raw and SmackDown, and I've made it very apparent that I am absolutely madly in love with Andrade Cien Almas. I think a lot of people love him, but not like I love him, um, Andrade, if you're listening. And on that SmackDown, all my friends, all the way leading up to that SmackDown, were saying, 
what if Andrade's not there? You're going to be gutted. And I genuinely would have been absolutely gutted. Thankfully, I seen Andrade Cien Almas versus Rey Mysterio. It was absolutely class. It was fucking class. It was the best match out of the two nights that we've seen. He didn't win, but I was okay because I seen him. If he had not been there, I don't know whether I would have enjoyed those two shows as much as what I thought I did. And I think the seasonality would would avoid that kind of stuff. You know, that it, because because oh the card subject to change kind of thing you know we're we're not in that era anymore and it is it is a throw of the dice it is an absolute throw of the dice uh when um uh, when we um when when I went to see smackdown last may uh daniel bryan was not on the show or at least you know they started off the show saying daniel bryan can't be here because you know visa issues and like, oh that's a bummer you know i really wanted to see daniel bryan and never seen him wrestle live but then the show goes off the air and it's like, oh, by the way, after 205 Live, your main event of the evening, Daniel Bryan was able to arrive. His plane just landed and he'll be fighting Shinsuke Nakamura. And I'm like, what? OK, that's cool. So, you know, I understand what you mean. You know, you would have been really disappointed. Uh, and it does happen that, you know, you go to shows and the main the main folks aren't there. But I think in a seasonality aspect, it will help focus the roster a lot, a lot more as well. Mm-hmm. Since you're having, you know, it has, it has to be within this pool of people, and I think you're going in. You wouldn't have that, uh, that anxiety building up. It's like, will my favorite star, will Oscar be on the show? Oscar wasn't on SmackDown Live last week, and I would have been pissed off if I would have been there because I'm an Oscar guy. Uh, if she, if I had been paid money. And so I'm. I hope I get to see Oscar. She wasn't there. Would have been. I would have been disappointed. But uh, I. Yeah. I think that uh, that the seasonality would uh, would help that. I'm taking that as a con from from Warren. I'm, I don't care what any of you say. I'm taking that as a con. <laughs> I've got a con out of him. Okay. My next pro then, which is probably going to be my last pro before I throw it over to you guys. Um, making fans miss them. Uh, so we watch this product every week. We get saturated with these guys every week. If Seth Rollins wasn't on the card for for two months, I would miss Seth Rollins. 100% I would miss him. If anyone wasn't on the card who has, has had a big television spot, I would miss him. Like I said, I'd miss Kevin Owens. Um, so how how would you feel um, on this this sort of subject for making fans miss them, John? Would you... Do you think it's a one of probably the biggest pro out of all of this? Because then the fans, the pop that they get when they return, is what you're looking for. Yeah, um, yeah I'm probably going to be in the minority on this one, but I like the idea of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, like, I'm a I'm a fan of that. I think that again, even with Rollins, and Ambrose is probably the best example. Like I, I'm a, I'm a huge. Ambrose fan, but all I've done on podcasts for the last year is take a crap on him, and the reason is is because he's oversaturated. Yeah. Like I see him too much. I see his I see his move set way too much. I see it too consistently, and then when he do, does go away and come back, you know, he, I, I my expectations rise to to such a high level, thinking okay, they're, we're finally going to get into the real uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, and then creative either lets me fall flat or he lets me fall flat. So. Yes, I, I, there's a bummer when you're watching a worker like Rollins in the ring and you don't see him. But again, it just, it, it, what I think we're missing in this is what it will do in, this, in the context of what we're talking about is it will allow other talent to rise to find a new favorite. Yeah. Right? And, that's, and that's the part that, that 
I don't think we're focusing on as much is, yeah, Rollins not being there sucks. But if, if I'm thinking in my head, well, Rollins isn't going to be there. Man, I really want Rollins back. However, I have Finn Balor mm. to, to, to now be my guy during this part of the season. Like, then that's the person that I'm going to be focused on because there, nothing's going to change about Rollins not being there. Like, the yeah. problem with uh, the way they're doing it now is card subject to change. You do get these ticky-tack injuries. And, yeah, we're going to keep you off television. Maybe you got, you know, something going on, a travel issue or, or something. Like, you, there's more variability when you're expected to be there 52 weeks out of the year uh, to why people can't be there. So the consistency... Of, of a seasonality will allow these, these these performers to be there, and then you'll find new favorites. And, and again, from a money perspective, then then what happens is instead of buying Rollins gear, now you're buying Rollins and Finn Balor gear. So so even from a financial perspective, it really should up what they're doing. So as much as I agree with you, yes, it's a bummer. Oh no, don't get me wrong. This was a pro. This was a no, pro. I, no, I, would, I, I mean like it's a bummer. Them. Yeah, it's a bummer because you would miss them, right? Yeah. So like you would feel bummed because you missed them. And, but at the same time, you sit there and you say, but there's, so, but think about what else will play it out. What would happen next, right? Speculate out what would happen. And you would find new stars to be able to be invested in. And yeah. if you if they, do those two are definitely interlinked, there. I think. You, you right. know, like you wouldn't want both of them off in this day and age. You wouldn't want uh, the, the product that it is now. You wouldn't want both of them off at the same time. Like that would be problematic. Yeah, you know those two in Roman off. Who do you got, Braun? No, and so so yeah. So like yes, to your point, yeah, it it can be a pro that that you miss these guys, but I think even a further pro is you're really building towards um, uh, people, you know, a, a complete roster worth of uh, fandom. So yeah, because this to me um, is the what, probably the biggest pro because my favorite thing in wrestling is the surprise element. Um, mm-hmm. I don't watch wrestling to see the same holes, the same matches every week. I watch it because I want to be shocked. I want to be surprised. When Volta came out at NXT UK TakeOver, I knew it was going to happen. I was 90% sure that was going to happen. I still popped because we wasn't told Walter was coming out. It just happened. And I still popped massively. It was my favorite part of the night. When we've seen in the past Triple H return at a Royal Rumble... Edge when he returned in 2010 at the Royal Rumble and went on and won it. These huge returns are is the best thing for me in wrestling because it creates these um, amazing moments. And when they when these guys leave uh, television for three months, when they eventually come back and have this surprise element, to me that is the biggest pro of this whole seasonal um, objective for me. Warren, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, we touched about we touched upon it a little earlier, you know, with in the case of guys like Undertaker and and Chris Jericho, who basically built their careers around it, uh, you know, out of disappearing for a while, making us um, uh, making us making making us wonder where are they? When are they coming back? And then when they do, we get really, really excited. Um, It just makes sense. It just makes absolute sense to not want to oversaturate that. I mean, this is one of the basic problems. This is one of the basic tenets of the Roman Reigns problem over the past few years. Uh, Roman was on every show. Roman was pushed. Roman was uh, always put in these very enviable solutions. Uh, so, not so, excuse me, situations. And 
you know, they just tried a little too hard. And we know when WWE is trying hard, we can feel it. We know what's going on. And, you know, there were a lot of things that were mishandled with it. We're all in agreement, I think, at this point that when Roman Reigns returns, he is going to be the biggest baby face Mm-hmm. In the modern history of wrestling, it will be a bananas. And it's and it's why is it? Yes, yes, he was ill. He's and it's terrible, you know, and and you know, we do we all hope that he will have a speedy recovery and that it won't get the best of him. We hope he'll beat it again, of course. But would WWE have done this had he not have to take time away for a serious life-threatening medical condition? No. And that's the sad part. Yeah. But now he, he's going to come back. People are going to lose their shit when he does. I'm not a big Roman Reigns guy, but I'm going to lose my shit when he comes back. Yeah, me too. I'm going to be thrilled for it. And whatever situation they put him in, I, I, I am going to be 100% behind him because I want, now I want him to succeed. Whereas in the past, I was like, I, whatever. Mm. You're going you're, you're gonna re- you're gonna re- succeed anyway. Just le- you know, it just depends when Vince wants it to happen. At this point, I'm just really behind it. So yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, absence makes the heart go the heart goes fun. Sami Zayn, same thing. Kevin Owens. I mean, they're all in the same boat. Yeah, I've seen um, JPQ shake his head then when you were saying he's going to come back as a huge baby face. And it made me think it is such a WWE thing for him to return and then just be a massive heel. (laughs) Can I just just throw this out there? I've I've been talking about this. I really want to get your two opinions now I got both of you here. Go for it. Rollins wins, beats Brock. Reigns comes out. No, no, I'm going to switch that up. Rollins, Brock, end of WrestleMania. Roman comes out, costs Rollins the match, then shakes Brock's hand. Nuclear heat, just straight. I know you're shaking your head, War, but I'm telling you now, like you're talking about, you go to the biggest bad guy in the world, right? All it, it, it's the culmination of of we're getting rid of Brock. He's gone, you know. And then not only are you turning on on your brother and Rollins after this huge pop, you think he's going to help Rollins slay the beat. Brock's still the champ. And he, uh, and, and he, and he shakes his hand at the end. Like, God, God, I just, I kind of want it. I just kind of want it. Hey, I'm, I am, I am all for surprises. That is one hell of a surprise. I wouldn't say I'd be disappointed. Let me hear it, Listen, uh, the time they had, WWE, they had so many moments where they could have turned Roman heel anytime. Mm. And people were waiting for it. And we were ready. Our bodies were ready for Roman to turn heel. But they didn't do it. Why? Because they see him as the big guy you know when the big dog thing isn't is it's not an accidental nickname right it's it's this is calculated Uh, (laughs) i'm torn because it would be magnificent storytelling and then yes you absolutely have a feud that will carry you right into fucking survivor series at that point my god the whole year diy type of storytelling yeah no exactly but they don't. I don't see WWE having the guts to do it. They've no. That's, and, that's, and they that's haven't. They, 
and it's the same thing with John Cena. There were times when the the John Cena heel turn would have been the best thing. You know, the, uh, if they do it, look, if they do it, if they do, and if they do it like that, coming in at WrestleMania and just tarring Seth, it would be exactly they would be exactly exactly on the same level as Hulk Hogan turning heel at Bash of the Beach. Totally. It would be the exact same level of what just happened. It it would just turn everything on its head and maybe that's why I'm I'm not thinking of it as a possibility because I don't think WWE has the guts to spin everything on its head like that. Do you think that Cena the the problem with never turning Cena heel was that you never had another baby face that was as highly ranked as him. Yeah, it was only, only ever Edge and Randy Orton. Right. So now that you have Rollins, who is the guy, he is the face of that company right now, it gives you a little bit of flexibility to say, fuck it, let's turn him. I don't know. I just think because of what's happened, because it hasn't been... Um, like a, a normal injury it's been a a serious illness where he ultimately gets a huge amount of sympathy from it um if it was you know he he needed surgery on a quad or something like that you don't get sympathy for having an injury like that for the illness he had he got the huge amount of sympathy i think it would just be stupid to to try it to risk it um, to make him heal because the pop that you're gonna get you've they've wanted roman to be a the biggest baby face this whole time for years now and it's never worked this is the probably the only time where he will return as a baby face and it will actually work he will have all the fans on his side whatever he come out i don't know he's super superman punches braun or or even Seth, I, I don't know, and, and and everyone gets a huge pop for him being a babyface. Uh, like, it just it would just be too much of a risk for me. Not that I'm against it. I just think it would yeah. be. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I what I say when well, that's pretty much what I mean when I say I don't think they have the guts to do it right. because yeah. it would just be such it'd be so seismic. And and then you know the the one factor that we still have to consider is that you know this you know there's still one 75 year old man who's in charge of all of this and he's been spending the pad the better part of three years trying to get this one guy over. I don't I don't think he's going to want to squander that opportunity because then you could you could then easily go back and be really pissed off, especially uh, in the last year, be really pissed off at how who they've sacrificed to try and get and yes sacrificed to try and get uh roman over yeah at all costs and then finally doing the heel turn there that it would piss a lot of people off a lot of fans off or at least the smart in the smart community there'd be a lot of people would be really really mad at that yeah definitely yeah but um, i kind of love it though I but i mean it'd be fantastic yeah. oh my god don't get me wrong i mean Ah, that'd be amazing. And this is the thing that we are talking about, rebranding and bringing someone back um, as something different. We've seen Roman Reigns as sort of the same person for years now. If he did have, he's, you know, he's got this time off. If they did bring back as something different, maybe he doesn't come out in the vest. Maybe he comes out topless. Like Roman Reigns is, hasn't got like a dad bod. He's got an extremely good body. Like it's it's not like he's embarrassed to come out like that. We we've just seen him on on a set of a film in 
like you know shirtless that's going to be seen more than what a, a weekly episode of raw would be so maybe he comes out like that you know this whole rebranding thing is a huge positive and for these these pops um when they return i think is is definitely a culmination of something which would benefit um wrestlers maybe not roman reigns but maybe other people definitely Anyway, if it does happen there, I, I'm, I'm going on the record here. If this does indeed happen, I am buying a six-pack of JPQ's favorite beverage, alcoholic <laughs> or not, and I am sending it to him. If it does happen, it's I put it squarely on his uh, brilliant mind, yeah. and I, I will. I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's get to the verdict then, guys. I think we're all sort of on the same sort of path here. Um Warren, what's your final verdict on whether WWE should go seasonal? It's a good thing. <laughs> Everyone would benefit. The wrestlers would have time to rest and heal their nagging injuries. They would not have to have, um, dredge through uh, through injured uh, shoulders and elbows and knees and then eventually have to get surgery, then take long time off to, to get it to heal. I think it would help creative as well. Because they wouldn't be always trying to uh, to wade through uh, a, a a roster of forty plus men and women uh, for every show, they just have to focus on a smaller group. Uh, would help everyone. Uh, everyone it would help the wrestlers know where they end up as well, what their role is going to be. Help them maybe define their careers a little better, uh, and it would help us as fans as well really get to appreciate more of the uh, depth of talent that uh, that WWE has right now in its in its uh, slimy corporate clutches. <laughs> John, what do you think? Which final verdict? So I think it's an overall pro. Uh, one time we didn't discuss that I want to see sways anybody's opinion. Um, the fact that if you so there's a style to WWE's wrestling. And it's there. There's a four. There, there's there's a way. There's a certain way that they like to do things. Taking newer talent off the road and not allowing them, even with the performance center, even with NXT, are you going to sacrifice their style of wrestling that they that's been proven to be marketable over the last forty years for the sake of 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 rest? And I guess when I say rest, yes, obviously we'd always take rest, but. Like for the sake of a diluted wrestling, an even more diluted wrestling product, it may not affect them short term, but the people that are coming up from NXT, the talent that they're going to sign four, five, ten years from now, are we going to see an even watered down version because people don't know where the hard cam is? People don't understand how to mm -hmm. play to an audience of 40,000 or 30,000 or 15,000 people. Um, you know, so like, does that sway anybody ultimately yeah there's more pros than cons and it's a pro to, to to go to some type of seasonality if it's you know it's certain you know you get a certain amount of weeks off or a consistent three months but you know the other side of the, the other side of the coin is you know are we going to see a product that we're not accustomed to seeing because they don't have the repetitions that you need to be successful in the wwe i see what you mean I, I well, I mean, you know, we're, we're on the final word. I don't want to take too much up, but uh, I'm okay with change, and I think the I I really think that the in ring product will improve because one of the reasons why WWE work style is considered safe 
is because of the amount of uh, dates that they work in a, in a week, in a month, in a year. Uh, NXT is much more exciting and thrilling because they do a month's taping in over a couple of days. Then they do a few tours and that's it. Of course, they're going to go all out when it's time to go to TakeOver because they haven't been working all that much. Yeah. They're still working hard, but they're working. They're not working all that much. And I think that can elevate. You know, we were talking about Finn Balor earlier. I, I, I don't remember which one of you two had brought up the point, but, you know, like F Finn, Finn, Seth, so on, they do have a certain set of signature moves that they pull out every every week because it's repetitious because you know they you know, they don't uh because then everyone sort of falls into the same pattern they know what you're doing uh it's safe for them to do it because they do it so much so on and so forth you know finn with the sling blade and then the double stomp on the chest and you know seth with uh, his own sling blades you know they all have their their signature moves that at some point we sort of like okay we've seen this okay we know what's coming up maybe there would be room for more variety not that they i'm not asking necessarily that they, that they start dropping themselves on each other's heads but maybe there is room for more variety then if if the the workload is reduced then they can try out new things more exciting things or different things uh, in the ring and i think that helps elevate the uh, the product then yeah I, I i agree with that to be honest you know we see um, the nxt guys put in uh, outstanding matches at takeovers and then we watched the pay-per-view the night after and we're just bitterly disappointed you know the, the the nakamura aj styles that match was nowhere near all the matches that they had were nowhere near as good as the new japan match that they had right. where they're on a sort of seasoned um uh sort of program um overall i'm i'm in the in the same thing as as you two guys i i think this would be a huge uh, pro as long as we didn't see the same matches. So if they can prevent themselves from, from doing that and they find a way of making it variety, you know, we mentioned the NXT guys, the 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 two or five live guys. I want to see some more jobber matches too. Like, you know, a, mm -hmm. a, a podcast that I don't know if you guys have ever listened to, uh, Our Vantage Point, uh, they did a huge thing on um, on jobbers and how they're not around as much anymore. And what they, what they brought was that you don't see pay-per-view matches happen on Raw or SmackDown and it makes it a bit more of a variety. It builds people up for this huge match. So at the pay-per-view, it's, oh my God, you know, Seth Rollins is actually going to finally face Dean Ambrose instead of them facing two or three times on a Raw and then we see him on a, on a pay-per-view as well. Mm -hmm. So I think those sort of things, as long as they, they, they incorporate that, um, it's a huge pro for me that they get to rest. You know, the, we will miss them. So when they return, we love them again. That sort of thing. I think it overall is a huge pro. But one thing I want to I want to ask you for before we wrap this up, we spoke about two different type of seasons here. We spoke about where they have one or two weeks off, and we spoke about where they have months like lump months off at once. Which one, if you had to just say yes or no to which one? Which one would it be? Starting with you, Warren. Which one would you have to choose? I would actually prefer something more along the 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 weekly weeks off schedule. You know, a la New Japan. You know, yeah, and and you don't have to do it with the entire roster. Then you can have like blocks of uh, men and women where you're just like, okay, well, this, you know, the the next couple of weeks, these, you know, we have nothing for you. Uh, you know, we'll 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 pick it up where we where we left off at this point, and then they 
they go back, they heal up, they take a, you know, they have a nice, uh, they have a nice chamomile tea, you know, they rub themselves down with some lotion and take care of themselves, go to the spa, have a spa day, you know, just <laughs> refresh themselves, <laughs> uh, and, and, and then come back. Uh, you know, but there's also, a, there's definitely a case to be made about something may, maybe based around, uh, about uh, around quarters, you know, a quarterly uh, schedule as well. Maybe on a business model sense, it would make more sense uh, as well. I'm, you know, I'm not really sure, but I mean, it works for New Japan, and it works yeah. for it works a lot for um, um, uh, promotions in the in the UK. You know, you were talking about progress, and you know, it works for them as well. Less shows, more time off. Sure, that I think yeah. I think that's I that's what I'd be a proponent of. JPQ, if you had to pick one, the couple of weeks off or the lump months off? Oh, so I have to pick one. Um, I would go probably with the weeks off, um, just for momentum purposes overall. I think it offers, offers enough flexibility. I would like to see a more tenured structure to it, because uh, I do think that you hurt some of the, the newer guys by them not being working as often and not yeah. being as established. So maybe it's like, yeah, and I know it works on a contract basis, but let's say you're with the company for like four years and now you can take blocks of time. So they can write you off television for three months. They can write you off television. You still get your three months. It's just how you break it out. So yeah. You right. take so if it's newer guys, time. spread it across the year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, good show. You know, in that type of way. And then you, the, the, the more you're there, the more flexibility you have with when you want to take it. So I like that. Yeah, yeah you've actually swayed my mind. Originally, I was going to go for the lumps, lump mumps, but you swayed my mind. That is exactly how I'd also like to do it as well. Um, let's wrap up, guys. JPQ, you have a podcast, which you I haven't do now. about yet. Would you like Please. to tell us all about it? Yeah, so it's called No Particular Angle uh, with Big Paws on a Pup JPQ. And the idea is, that we just kind of speculate out on current storylines story in, in any promotion, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be next week, two weeks, six months down the line. It's what's happening now and where, where do we think it's going to go? Not so much what the payoff is, but kind of how we get there. Um, and then we do some fun things. Um, Anthony from Smart to Death was just on. That episode just dropped a couple days ago. And we were just kind of talking about industry things and where we think those are headed. Yeah, and then interviews inter, uh, intertwined in between. So Sophia uh, Lopez came on yesterday. Uh, great interview. I tell everybody to check that one out from Wow Superheroes. And uh, other than that, you can find me at Big Paws on a Pup on Twitter, as well as the podcast at NPA Podcast. Definitely. So that has been your second appearance now on Omega Luke. You had a lot of great yeah. feedback from the first episode. I'm sure I'll have great feedback from this one. So if you do enjoy what JPQ brings to the table, you can listen to him. Is it a weekly podcast that you bring out? More or less. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah you can, you can, you know, subscribe to his and, and hear more of JPQ, which is never a bad thing. Mr. Warren Hayes, tell us what do you do? Well, first and foremost, I want to I want to do give a a, a proper uh, shout out to 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 John and his podcast. He, he, I think it's it really is amazing, and he has a great uh, voice, both 
physically, but also, you know, it's a it's a good voice to have uh, as well. You know, what he brings in the format of what he brings to the table, and just the fact that he had Anthony Souter on his show means that he can deal with a lot of garbage. Um, <laughs> uh, as for myself, well, I do mostly Raw and uh, SmackDown recaps over on YouTube at youtubecom slash Hayes. I also do some recap shows of and uh, two hundred five live NXT NXT UK over at FightfulSelect.com, which is the premium service. Of Fightful.com, great, fantastic news source for all things wrestling, MMA, boxing. So uh, go check that out. Uh, and uh, you know, I often do I, when when it's uh, pay per view season. I do prediction shows and and stuff like that. So that's fantastic. I'm also uh, a regular panelist on the new uh, div- uh, podcast called The Division, which is headed by Kristen Ashley, editor in chief of Diva Dirt, over on Fightful.com. It's a podcast about women's wrestling. So that's uh, that's always a blast to be on as well. And uh, and yeah, and I, I'm do uh, you know all my audio is now available in podcast format as well. Uh, so you can find me on uh, the, the Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. It's all there. Yeah, and I, I just want to say I'm a big admirer of both of you guys because you put out content with just you talking to a mic, which I've tried before. Absolutely hated it. When I listened to it back, I could not stand it. So I stopped doing that immediately. So, And when I listened to both of your podcasts, I thoroughly enjoy it. You do not sound bored like I did. You did not sound depressed as like, like I did when I tried podcasting <laughs> by myself. So um, big shout out to you guys for managing to do that. I don't know how you do it. Um, uh, screaming into the void that's basically it it's just exactly like, i just don't know i don't know how how you guys do i hated it could not stand it when i listened to, <laughs> Love it back, talking to myself. yeah when i listened to myself <laughs> back i could not believe how bad i sounded um thank you very much guys for both joining me um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on warren it's been well overdue jpq glad to get you back on and we'll get you both back on again in the future i've thoroughly enjoyed this topic of discussion um, I hope you guys have too. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, Luke. I, it was a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, thank, you. thank you very much, guys. Make sure you check out the final of the Fantasy Booking League, which dropped last weekend, as well as the interview I did with Steve Tortorello of Warrior Wrestling. An incredible story there. That's all on the YouTube and podcast platforms. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Omega underscore Luke. And that is all from me. So goodbye, everyone, and good night. Bang. Finally, are you ready? But that's not me. I'm the Switchblade, baby. You, you, and especially you, Austin316 says I just whipped your ass. Goodbye. Write it down. You like writing things down. I am your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. I am Omega. 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 The Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast.